America This Week, October 23rd to 29th. Chaos Agent Rain begins on Twitter. Meta, Credit Suisse suffer cratering episodes. Peace Caucus self-harms. Diesel vanishes. Chinese secret police stations outed. Three finance headlines, and more. Welcome back to America This Week, the column that may now lose market advantage if new Twitter chief Elon Musk reallows humor. Reminder, to hear the podcast version of America This Week with Walter Kern and Taibi, please visit taibi.substack.com. It was a busy week in American news, with several major financial catastrophes flying under the radar thanks to the consensus top story involving the chaos agent Musk. Details on the very bad weeks for Meta, Credit Suisse, the Congressional Progressive Caucus, and the Federal Reserve, plus an investigative journalism coup overseas, election news, and more. Pelosi attack. Obviously one of the biggest stories of the week, if not the biggest, is the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The assailant asked, where's Nancy, before fracturing Paul's skull. ATW heads for publication before key details are known, particularly with regard to the suspect, who is poised to be charged with attempted homicide and other felonies. Retiring Republican Senator Ben Sass said, Disturbed individuals easily succumb to conspiracy theories and rage, which is true, but as of this writing, little appears known about motives. Updates TK. Musk Twitter reign commences. The bird is freed, read the tweet from billionaire Elon Musk at 11.49 p.m. Thursday, October 27th, after completing the sale of the social media platform with whom the whole world seems to have a love-hate and mostly-hate relationship. To some, it's already a date living in infamy. Former New York Times reporter and famed Weeper on Command, Taylor Lorenz trended the next morning as cyber folk lined up to gape at the horrified reactions of celebrated current thing advocates and pro-censorship accounts. By Thursday evening, Musk fired CEO Parag Agrawal, CFO Ned Siegel, legal and policy chief Vijaya Gad, and general counsel Sean Edgett. The name of Gad raised a lot of eyebrows, since she is credited with being the leading executive voice who moved the company toward its decision to permanently ban Donald Trump on January 8, 2021, a turning point date in the platform's history. Musk's purchase of Twitter coincided with a furious press reaction, with the New York Times setting the mainstream standard with an unabashed hit piece titled How Elon Musk Became a Geopolitical Chaos Agent. The media campaign's essence is Musk is not just any obnoxious rich person, but one who's more than occasionally at odds with America's enlightened geopolitical objectives and can't afford to be a genuine impediment to them. The Times described how Musk weeks ago proposed a peace plan in Ukraine that would allow Russia to annex Ukrainian land, seeming to align himself with the Kremlin. Musk, for his part, wrote an open letter saying the reason he bought Twitter was because it is important to the future of civilization to have a common town square, while promising he would not let it devolve into a hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. No matter what, this will be interesting. Loss of Meta Proportions Meta Platforms, the parent company of Facebook, lost 24% of its equity value, or roughly $80 billion, in a single day Thursday a train wreck that caused famed Wall Street anti-Oracle Jim Cramer to break down weeping on air. I trusted them, not myself, he sniffled. The company has been in freefall really ever since Mark Zuckerberg last year announced the Meta rebrand and detailed plans to spend assloads of money building a thing called the Metaverse that sounds fantastic, except no one knows what the hell it is. 
The same unique absence of people skills that allowed then-unknown Zuckerberg to code Facebook with ruthless invention is now expressing itself in a total inability to explain son grand projet to the we folk. Facebook transforming from perhaps the most recognizable profit-generating device in history to a futuristic platform that involves a vague combination of shopping and virtual reality already sounded less than delightful to some investors. It got worse when the company announced that Reality Labs, the division responsible for building out the VR portion and which had already lost over $9 billion, will continue losing money for quite a while. We do anticipate that Reality Labs' operating losses in 2023 will grow significantly year over year, the firm said in a statement, before making the mistake of putting Zuckerberg on an investor call to explain. In an all-time performance of on-spectrum corporate self-harm, Zuck came off as annoyed that investors doubted the future of his new family of apps. I can't tell you right now how big they are going to scale to be, he said, adding blithely each project is kind of going in the right direction. Markets panicked, culminating in the Thursday run for the exits that looked like a stock chart rendition of Angel Falls in Venezuela. Meta losses are 67% for the year, and its market value has shrunk from roughly $1 trillion to $268 billion by close of trading Thursday, a $700 billion loss. Peace Caucus Routed In a story covered earlier in TK, the Congressional Progressive Caucus kneecapped its own effort to push their party in the direction of negotiated settlement in Ukraine, likely pushing peace talks further into the future. Led by Washington Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, the CPC in late June circulated a letter calling on Joe Biden to open a line of negotiation with Russia in the interests of reducing nuclear tension. The caucus didn't call for ending weapons deliveries and suggested a formal recognition that the war will only at some point end through diplomacy, so we might as well start the process now. They even quoted Biden himself, who said on June 3rd, at some point, there's going to have to be a negotiated settlement. The reaction on Twitter and within the Democratic Party was so violent that virtually all of the signatories self-denounced within 24 hours, with Jayapal retracting the letter entirely. Maryland's Jamie Raskin first apologized in a way that recast the desire for peace as a form of imperialism, saying, It is a bad colonial habit to suppose that ultimately peace depends upon the wishes of the great powers. Even progressive and liberal people can fall into this colonialist reflex. Raskin then wrote a passionate new argument for war, based on the idea that Moscow is a world center of anti-feminist, anti-gay, anti-trans hatred as well as the homeland of replacement theory for export. With Democrats united against negotiation, the partisan play is going forward, especially if Democrats lose both houses in midterm elections, will surely be to equate Republican isolationism with Russian aggression. This will likely lock the Democratic Party into escalation mode through 2024, making prospects for a negotiated end to hostilities dim for the foreseeable future. Gas Company Orgy Continues And yet another news story where basic facts depend almost entirely on the outlet, Americans either are or are not experiencing sticker shock over gasoline prices. Either way, gas companies are doing so well, some are exhibiting bureaucratic embarrassment of a type so rare, it has an almost jewel-like quality. ExxonMobil reported second-quarter profits of $18.7 billion while Chevron reported adjusted earnings of $10.7 billion, nearly double last year's number. CNN Business reported that neither ExxonMobil nor Chevron mentioned that it achieved a record, 
as companies typically do when they reach all-time highs. Adding, with consumer outrage over high gas prices, both companies probably wanted to avoid calling attention to the record profits. California Governor Gavin Newsom, who appears destined to be president, even though not a single person anywhere seems to like him, Rage tweeted Monday after the gas company Valero posted its own super-sweet revenue numbers. Valero's new profits are out. They experienced a 500% increase in profits this year, he wrote. Why are gas prices so high? Time to hold these oil companies accountable. American oil companies have defied requests from the Biden administration to increase production in the midst of lower global energy output, said to be related to war in Ukraine, and to the OPEC Plus decision to cut production by 2 million barrels a day. But they've been more than happy to have the extra million barrels per day coming out of America's strategic petroleum reserve run through their refineries to earn a little extra while families bleed cash. Carrying charges. Carrying charges. Thanks for listening to the audio version of America This Week. To read the full version, and for the America This Week podcast with Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern, please visit taibbi.substack.com.